Hey everyone, welcome to Wiki University, the podcast that combines comedy and learning. I'm your professor, Kyle Berseth, and as always, I'm joined by the head of the class, the guy right. that is always asking for extra credit. He's always asking, what about the homework? You forgot to assign the homework. Jason Nunez. Extra credit J is what I, they used to call me. <laughs> ECJ. ECJ. <laughs> They used to call you that. They used to call me that, and then I and then I stopped going to school. But that's why I picked things back up here at Wiki University. Thank goodness to get my associates. <laughs> your okay, associates? my double associates. I got double. my first associate already. Your DA. Yeah, but I'm getting my DA. My what? Double, double associates. associates. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> I got a lot to learn, as you can see. Yeah, it's gonna be on the quiz. Well, everybody, uh, welcome back. And if it's your first time, thanks for uh, joining us. But first and foremost, please. Uh, like and review us on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. Now, let's get started with some learning and then maybe afterwards, some burning. Okay, learning and burning hey, here on Wiki. <laughs> wow, it is summer session. It is summer. Man. It's getting hot in here. I'm burning, <laughs> baby. All right. You know, my topic that I brought to class last time was Los Angeles related. And this time... Also Los Angeles related. This is just by coincidence, but okay. I, I saw it online. I I didn't even read through it too much, Okay, but it's called... Is it a person, place, or thing? Can I, and then can I guess after you tell me that? So person, place, or thing? Well, uh, that's tough. Uh, it Ooh, involves a, that's a clue. It involves a person okay. doing a, person. a thing. Okay. A bad thing or a good thing? Ah, that's the last thing. That's the last. That last one, and I'll, and I'll go for it. I'll say. I'll say a good thing. You'll say for me to me, not for me to me. It's a good thing to you. Is a good but thing, but to some people, it may have been considered a nuisance. Maybe some sort of. Uh, let's see. You're a, you're a homeowner, so maybe something to do with like some sort of trash pickup or like in front of that. I'm outside insulted. of the house i'm insulted jason what that you would suggest that my topic today is some <laughs> sort of trash pickup no i'm just saying it's, it's related to like the upkeep of the exterior of your home and so that's because you said it's a nuisance to some people but mm. it's good for you so i was just thinking of it trying to turn it from your point of view my topic today is condo associations hey i was kind of close i'm with like joking the... that's oh, not my damn. topic are you kidding me I kind of thought it was. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe how excited you were. I was a little excited. You, you were me... excited about the guest. Not, right. Oh, yeah. Most not definitely. the topic. No, no. The topic is probably was going to be boring if that was exactly. the case. Exactly. Who would come to class with that as their topic? But my guess was exciting as hell. Your guess sucked. No, nah, I, I think I tried to. Uh... So my topic today is called Lawn Chair Larry Flight. Lawn chair Larry flight. Yeah. Okay. So should we just dive in? Please tell me more. I feel like it's a la like Larry Flint on like hot air balloons. Not you're not far off. Okay. I, I mean, not it's a Larry. It's not Larry Flint <laughs> it's on the hot Larry air Flint? balloons. Okay. It's lawn chair Larry. Lawn. Okay. It's <laughs> different Larry. But it did occur in the summertime, which is one of the reasons I picked this topic. It occurred in the year of my birth. About a month before I was born, on July 2nd, 1982, Larry Walters made a 45-minute flight in a homemade airship made of an ordinary patio chair and 45 helium-filled weather balloons. 
How how far did he go? It's a forty five minute flight, so I'm guessing he went as far as the wind took him for forty five minutes. For forty five minutes, and this happened in eighty two. You said nineteen eighty two. In the Los Angeles area, the aircraft rose to an altitude of about 16,000 feet. <laughs> on a launcher? On a That's launcher. That's so scary. There's At a what of point it. do you just call something an aircraft? At 1,600 feet? Like, cause, That's a great Because they're question. calling it an aircraft. Right. And it's just a lawn chair tied to a c- couple of uh, helium it's balloons. or 45. 45. It's quite a few weather balloons, which I don't know. I assume weather balloons... I feel like They're they just stronger. take. Yes, they take more weather. Like a bird could run into them, and they would. Allegedly, pop. I'm not going to say that the weather abuses those balloons. It's alleged, alleged abuse. Allegedly, you know, some things have come out about the weather in recent years, and I've been distancing myself, <laughs> to be honest with you. The aircraft rose to an altitude of about sixteen thousand feet, drifted from the point of liftoff in San Pedro, California. Are you familiar with San Pedro? I, I think that's north of us. I mean, south. Where? That's down oh, by south. Okay. Uh, Long Beach. Okay. Yeah, there's a port uh, down down in that area, and entered controlled airspace near Long Beach Airport. Whoa. During the landing, the aircraft became entangled in power lines, but Walters was able to climb down safely. How so? They didn't. I guess because of the weather balloons. Well. I think a lot of people have a misconception about power lines. Now, I don't... That they're all active? Let me just say, I'm not... What do you always say about a financial... Uh, that you're not a fan, you're not an electrician? I'm not an electrician. I'm not a... I'm not a professional, a professional electrician. They, I think there's something called the power line guys. What are, they have a title, and I'm yes. not one of those. However, I think there is a common misconception that all of these wires are live. Yeah. But I do believe they're wrapped in like a plastic sheathing. And when you see on TV shows or the power goes out, usually something falls on the power line, snaps it out of the areas where it's hooking into a transformer. Yeah. And that's when sparks start flying. So my sense is he got caught in the power lines, but nothing broke. Oh, right, nothing, uh, nothing sparked up out. or yeah. right. Okay. Um. So it's still scary. I feel like. Oh but, yeah, you don't want to be dangling. But I feel like a person who's already <laughs> sixteen hundred, you know, above sea level on, uh, or maybe not above sea level, but I feel like sixteen thousand feet up, you go up in a lawn chair and weather balloons, and you land in power lines. You're probably like better than expected. I, yeah, would, but it seems like he kind of planned things out. If he's let's using we, if he's using weather balloons, does, yeah. yeah. Let's find out a little bit oh, about yeah, his background. Was, this he, was premeditated. It wasn't a bunch of teens tying <laughs> weather balloons to his lawn chair while he was sleeping. The flight attracted worldwide media attention and inspired a movie and imitators. Up. <laughs> That's exactly what my thought was. That's the only thing I can think of. Here's the background. Al Mingalone, an American photographer for Paramount News, had in 1937 previously used 32 weather balloons for a feature photography assignment at Old Orchard Beach in Maine while he hung suspended from the balloons by a parachute harness in order to take aerial film footage. Wow, he was like a human drone. 
Mingalone's mooring rope broke, and he was lifted approximately 700 feet into the air. A clergyman, Father James J. Mullen, spotted the incident, and after a chase of some 13 miles, used a 22 caliber rifle to shoot out two of the balloons, thus allowing the photographer to return safely to the ground. Wait, so that was also planned? Like, to get down, he needed... He needed somebody to shoot one of the balloons down? And I don't know that he was communicating with this priest with a gun. Okay. But, or clergyman. And, and also, this is somebody else. This, this is, is not somebody um, else. Larry. This I'm, isn't Larry. I'm guessing this is just in the article as, like, background of, hey, not the first time this happened. Right. He, he walked so Larry could run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this guy only got up to 700 feet. And also, he was wearing a harness. And had a rope tied to the ground so he so could he pull would, himself uh, back in. Okay. Which, that does seem, in 1937, pretty badass for a photographer. Right. That, I mean, the photographers, they go out of their way to get that to get that, that picture, you know? He also probably had one of those old-timey cameras you had to get under and go... Ooh, that's right. <laughs> so that takes a while to set up. Yeah. At 700 feet. So uh, the photographer returned safely to the ground thanks to the clergyman shooting out the balloons. Lawrence Richard Larry Walters had often dreamed of flying but was unable to become a pilot in the U.S. Air Force because of his poor eyesight. Mm. He first thought of using weather balloons to fly at age 13 after seeing them hanging from the ceiling of a military surplus store in 1982, he decided to try his flying idea. His intention was to float over the Mojave Desert and then use a pellet gun to burst some of the balloons in order to land. So he brought the gun with him, I guess. I'm sure the hot Mojave Desert sun wouldn't have blast <laughs> popped one. Or I guess not, because they're weather balloons, right? Do you know how far the Mojave Desert is from here? No. Or how far it is? From San Pedro. I mean, I guess maybe we'll find out that plans change. Because he also wanted to go past it, right? Like above it. He didn't just want to reach it. Float over the Mojave. Over it, yeah. yeah, but the Mojave is like two or three hour drive. Is it before Vegas? Uh, it might be after Vegas. I'm going to click on the Mojave Desert. I think it's like Death Valley. How much are weather balloons? Because I might just take... <laughs> A weather balloon straight to Vegas, baby. That would be fun. Because if I make it, I know I, my luck is going strong. Don't risk it once you get to Vegas. Tap well, out. No way. Way. Nah, that's how luck works. It oh, keeps going. You got to keep going if you got it. Yeah. Uh, the Mojave Desert is a xeric desert in the rain shadow of the Sierra Nevada Mountains in the southwestern, let's see, in the southwestern United States. How hot does it get? What's the world record? Hot mm. in the Mojave Desert. The world record hot. Yeah, what's world record hot? Oh, may- maybe Joshua Tree is also a part of it. A part of it. How's hot? How hot? Climate. Is Joshua? Climate. Okay, climate. Record high. Here we go. Records. January records. record is ninety degrees, and then June, July, July has the record high of a hundred and thirty-four point one degrees. Ooh, baby. Ooh, that's hot. That's but, burning. But it's burning, but it's it's not that humid though, right? It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. It'll cook you. Slow. 
Yeah, it also, it's just slow cooking. Yeah. It's like, like a you'd be like a Peruvian chicken, Jason. Ooh, I mean, they, I would hope so, because I can't, <laughs> I would start eating myself. I can't find one piece of decent Peruvian chicken around here. Oh, no. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> start eating myself. All right, let's go back to the preparation and flight here. Preparation flight. Preparation and flight. In mid-1982, Walters and his girlfriend at the time, Carol Van Dusen, purchased 45 8-foot weather balloons and obtained helium tanks from California Toy Time Balloons. wonder if they're still in business. Uh, wait, wait, so where did they get the helium balloons? Like, what wholesale sells, um, I'm sorry, not weather helium balloons. balloons, weather balloons? Well, it sounds like he originally saw them in a military supply store, so I assume military supply store... By chance, didn't say, like, how much those it cost, like those weather balloons? <laughs> no, it doesn't I mean, <laughs> say. 45 of them, though. I, I feel like I that's imagine pricey. that's a little expensive, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can go to weather balloons next, if you want to. Cool. It sounds next. like you have quite a few questions about I just about want to know balloons. the difference between a regular uh, clown party balloon and a weather balloon. Mm, that makes sense. Like, can you make a little, like, dog out of a weather balloon? Like a clown, I'll say no. Like a clown but does with a... You might be able to put a dog inside a weather balloon. These are... Inside? You don't go inside of a weather balloon, do you? Well, they're eight feet. They're eight feet... I don't know if that's eight... Probably eight feet around. So you could put multiple dogs inside a weather balloon. Well, when you say inside, I don't mean, like, how does it inside... I, that's also another thing. I want to know the difference between that and a hot air balloon. I think you can shove the dog inside, and then you st- then you fill it with helium. Can the dog just breathe uh, helium? Can dogs just breathe helium? They bark at a high pitch. Is this is this your way of sending dogs to space? Yes. You gotta throw them in a helium balloon. It would be my first attempt. Oh, poor little puppies. One space time puppies. When I was a kid, someone had a birthday. And it was it was one of the older kids in the neighborhood, and okay. I remember their dad got them like a helium tank. So we were just not got they got one for the party or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. we were just filling helium balloons, and at the end there's all these balloons. So some you know when you're a kid, frogs just appear out of wherever. Kids are catching frogs left and right. Kids know where frogs are. Yeah. They, it's like an intuitive kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So a frog appeared. Yeah. You got helium balloons and something small enough to be carried by helium balloons. Huh. So what did you guys do? Well, I'm going to say it wasn't me what necessarily, but it was the Allegedly, older, what it did was you the do? older kids, but I watched like, whoa, this is cool. So they stuffed a they frog. They put a frog in a box and tied a bunch of helium balloons to it. And sent it on its way. <laughs> God, it's got to be like the worst way to die. Imagine starvation. Well, in the air. Or the coolest. First off, that's like a. First off, you just get taped into a coffin. It's like true. Yeah. Know, so instead of buried, you're locked in a coffin, but in the sky, which is almost worse than being buried. Because if you can somehow crack through the box or your coffin, yeah, you, you're somewhat. I guess able to come out. You're still in ground, whereas poor little frog. If he had any wits about him to even get out, I mean that's <laughs> drop. That's drop dead. Gorgeous right there. Eventually, that helium balloon came down, and I hope it landed in a residential area and someone opened the present that, that was bestowed upon them. I I can tell you that it didn't fall gently. 
There's a hundred percent chance yeah, that no, it went it all could... the way high enough where like it popped the balloon and the frog just went straight no down. Way. You think it went yes. to sixteen thousand feet? No, but I think it went far enough. Again, these are helium balloons. They're yeah. gonna pop way before sixteen thousand feet. Does, are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm willing to bet that that frog had a horrible death. Oh, I'm not, willing to bet not that. A, not a gentle. We don't need to bet about that. <laughs> Agreed. Little Froggy didn't come back to like a gentle, like uh, floating, you know, back into his little lily pod. pad. Lily pad, yeah. <laughs> Landed right on a lily pad. Right. Well, oh, man, rest in peace. What did you name him? Oh, he didn't even name Larry. him. Larry. Larry. Oh, shit. Yeah, weird coincidence. Larry the Frog. <laughs> okay, so. Larry Flint the Frog. <laughs> in mid. 1982, Walters and his girlfriend at the time, Carol Van Dusen, purchased 45 8-foot weather balloons and obtained helium tanks from California Toy Time balloons. They used a forged requisition from his employer, Film Fair Studios, saying the balloons were for a television commercial. Ah, I like a good caper. And how many did he use? Because in the beginning of the article, it said he used a certain amount. Was it 42? Or did he use 45. all 45? He used all of them. I I assume so. Well, didn't it say how many he used? Yeah, forty-five. Okay, just yeah. making sure. Maybe he bought twenty thirty-five, but only ended up using thirty. You know, you might want to. When Pat it comes to those kind of things, yeah, I would buy. I buy more than I need. I have a feeling I get rid of he lost his job or was celebrated. It's tough to tell in the film industry. And also, I'm sure while he's uh, purchasing weather balloons, it's like, why why do you need? 45 you know so he's like oh no, no it's for it's for my company we're doing a yeah photo shoot exactly television commercial oh so interestingly enough on july 2nd 1982 walters attached 43 of the balloons to his lawn chair filled them with helium put on a parachute and strapped himself into the chair in the backyard of his home Hell yeah. at 1633 West 7th Street in San Pedro. Yeah, we got to go down there. We should go down. Check it out on Zillow. Screenshot that. Maybe float from the backyard. He took his pellet gun, a CB radio, sandwiches, beer, and a camera. What kind I of, love this guy. What kind of beer? Hops? I don't know. <laughs> Heavy on the hops? Probably not. It was back in the 80s. That's right. It was just a can that said beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even... A six-pack. You know he got a six-pack. They didn't have tall boys back then. I wouldn't be surprised if he took a 12. He's trying to go all the way to the Mojave. Yeah, he's got to survive the desert. When his friends cut the cord that tied his lawn chair to his Jeep, Walter's lawn chair rose rapidly to a height of about 16,000 feet and was spotted from two commercial airliners. He slowly drifted over Long Beach and crossed the primary approach corridor of Long Beach Airport. He was in contact with REACT, a citizen's band radio monitoring organization who recorded their conversation. Do you want to hear the conversation? Yeah. REACT said, What information do you wish me to tell the airport at this time as to your location and your difficulty? Can I play Larry? Yeah, you can play Larry. Ah, the difficulty is, ah, this was an unauthorized balloon launch, and uh, I know I'm in, like, federal airspace, and uh, I'm sure my ground crew has alerted the proper authority, but uh, just call them and tell them I'm okay. (laughs) And then he cracked a (laughs) six-pack all at once, all six. After 45 minutes in the sky, Walter shot several balloons 
taking care not to unbalance the load. I get why he was very careful, because then he knew that right after that conversation, he would have to pull out a gun on federal <laughs> airspace and start shooting down his own aircraft. Just a pellet gun? <laughs> I'm surpri- I, I assume he tested this ahead of time and made sure that the pellet gun was able to break a weather balloon. Right. Imagine it could, or it just yeah, it just bounces off. <laughs> or uh, he forget he forgets to like get the um the pellets. Yeah, the the pellets. <laughs> like he forgets the um ammo thing at home. Yeah. After forty five minutes in the sky, Walter shot several balloons, taking care not to unbalance the load. He then accidentally dropped his pellet gun overboard. It's just a gun on national <laughs> on an airspace. <laughs> he descended slowly until the balloons dangling. Cables got caught in a power line at 432 East 45th Street in Long Beach. The power line broke, causing a 20-minute electric. Uh, the power line broke, causing a 20-minute electricity blackout. He landed unharmed on the ground. That's incredible. What a what a journey! Not very far though. Not very far. Walters was immediately arrested by waiting members of the Long Beach Police Department. Regional Safety Inspector Neil Savoy was reported to have said, quote-unquote, we know he broke some part of the Federal Aviation Act, and as soon as we decide which part it is, some type of charge will be filed. If he had a pilot's license, we'd suspend that, but he doesn't. That's a little unfair. I feel like they need to go in, because to me that feels like, guilty until proven innocent Mm. well i mean lawn chair larry's up there at sixteen thousand feet you just look at that situation and go this there's no way this was approved i mean yeah of course it wasn't but they went i feel like they went a little extra hard like we don't know what he did but he definitely did not follow the rules where it's like well maybe you need a little uh you need a uh air balloon larry to close the loophole exactly on floating up there on a lawn chair because i'm willing to bet without him you were to have some other people try to get away with those kind of things might not have ended as nicely <laughs> as uh larry balloon what's his name again lawn chair larry, lawn chair larry. <sighs> are you learning anything nope. jason are we going to weather balloon do you want to yeah all right let's go to weather balloon A weather balloon, also known as a sounding balloon, is a balloon that carries instruments aloft to send back information on atmospheric pressure, temperature, humidity, and wind speed by means of a small, expandable measuring device called a radios... Radios... Radiosonade. Radioson? Click it. What is it? Radioson? <laughs> Radio Son. I don't think it's... you're skipping the D. Never skip the D. Radio <laughs> Radio Sonade is a battery-powered telemetry instrument carried into the atmosphere, usually by a weather balloon that measures various atmospheric parameters. Let's go back to weather balloon here. What so yeah, want- so the weather balloon. I t- you're right. It's just that heavy weatherproof balloon. Here's can- a good picture. Of, for scale of a guy. Now, this is obviously bigger than an eight-foot balloon. This is probably, if that guy's six foot, we're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Launcher. We're like a 40-foot weather balloon here. Launcher, Larry, had eight-foot balloons? 
Eight foot balloons, and I he believe. Had four, he had 45. 45 of them, yeah. He could have just got one 40-foot balloon. Okay, here's the history. One of the first persons to use weather balloons was Léon Tresenec de Bort, the French meteorologist. Oh, yeah. You remember him. French Labort? De Bort? Debord. Oh, Debord. Starting in 1896, he launched hundreds of weather balloons from his observatory in Tropis, France. These experiments led to the discovery of the tropos, tropopause and stratosphere. Huh. I wonder how that gets discovered. Like, he just notices a different weather pattern? Is that... I thought, wouldn't the weather balloon notice the different weather pattern? Yeah, but I guess, what is the difference? Do you want to go to trope? Tropopause? The tropopause is an atmospheric boundary that demarcates the troposphere from the stratosphere, which are two of the five layers of the atmospheres of Earth. Do you want to go to the the five layers? I want to go to the five layers. So we're going to the atmospheres of Earth. Let's zoom out a little bit. It's the same type of layers. You know how the epidermis has like certain layers? Uh, Your skin? A little bit. Go on. I don't Tell know. me what you know. All I know is that I used to play this game. I did play this game once where like you kind of, okay, so no, you just, no, no, no. it's at the lunch table. It won't hurt right now, but if you did it for a while, basically you just take your hand right there and I would just, oh, no, no, not even with your nail, with like a, like a, a penny. Knife. No, no, no. <laughs> with like a quarter. Yeah. You would just like literally rub somebody's hand right, just like that, right? But you would go through the alphabet, A, B, C, up to Z. Okay. And I say a letter A, you have to say Apple. B, banana. banana. C, car. D, dick. F, or Fart. E. F. So you know. So basically, I'm <laughs> doing. I'm rubbing that. Yeah. While you're so at one. By the time you hit the middle of the alphabet, it's starting to hurt, and oh, you can't so think. You're yeah. Trouble concentrating. And it got. I think I have a. You got a scar. I have a scar still. It's really kind of. Do you see it still? Yeah, I do right see there. it. You yeah. got that from what's I got the name that, of the game? And I called? only played that game once. What's the name of the game? I don't even know the name of the game. Speaking of speaking of epidermis, I as it was rubbing my skin off, I saw the first layer come out. I saw the second <laughs> layer come out. I saw the more red red layer come out. And I was like, ah, oh, it was very painful. I didn't make it a Z, I don't think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The the violent game that we played, I'll call it a violent game. I mean, it's like a light violence. Our lunch table game was Bloody Knuckles. Oh, I know that. With Ooh, the quarter, where you fan. spin a quarter, and then you slam the quarter at each other's knuckles. You have to and, keep spinning it, right? Yeah, if, and you, if you drop it, then you the other person gets to go flam. I used to slaughter people with that, because I was like, I would do, I had like a whole oh, yeah. technique on how to how to maximize the penny like because yes. i would go i would hit it through the middle some yeah. people didn't know like how to do it some oh, people would yeah. just do the, one thumb you gotta stand up i would and, like, like this is my yeah I, you gotta do a jordan-esque follow-through with it man i and then the other one was just bloody knuckles was a different version was just when you don't have any quarters <laughs> <laughs> but you still want bloody knuckles yeah which i again I don't advise this at all, and both people don't win in this. But basically, you just you know you stick your knuckle out, yeah, and one person gets to hit, oh, and yeah, then that's that person, and then that person sticks it out, and then the other person gets it. So it's just at the end, no skill. You're just you know you're fracturing your bones. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah. Okay, we're on the, the we're on the atmosphere of Earth. Believe it or not, commonly known as air. First, is, that's first stage one. 
That's us right now. I, That's yeah. this. So the atmosphere of Earth. Okay, I can smell it. I can taste uh. Let's go down to stratification here. In general, air pressure and density decrease with altitude in the atmosphere. However, the temperature has a more complicated profile with altitude and may remain relatively constant or even increase with altitude in some regions. Because the general pattern of the temperature altitude... That's true. That's interesting. Because if you're up in a plane, you imagine it being very cold outside of the windows, right? But then when you picture... uh, a spaceship coming back from space, you picture it burning up in the atmosphere, so it does seem to be get hotter further up. I thought the burning is because of the speed, not necessarily because Hmm. of... Oh, it's cold. Because it is cold up there. I I don't know. It says it varies. Let's read on. Yes. (laughs) And And I'm just going by the experience of playing... Of but being I on do, a plane and then you see the little ice crystals formalize. I'm confident it's Form. cold outside of a plane, but way further I'm confident up. it's cold outside. When you're you coming. Know that song? <laughs> no. <laughs> Baby, I'm confident it's cold outside. You know that? And then you get sucked out of a plane. Frank Sinatra, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when someone's coming back from space, yeah. they always say burning up in the atmosphere. So is it like so cold it's burning? Oh, interesting. No, I think it's it's due to the speed. It's due to gravity. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think. I think. Can we try to find out from here? Yeah, we'll try to find Let's out. However, the temperature has a more complicated profile with ad- altitude and may remain relatively constant or even increase with altitude in some regions. See temperature section below. All right. Let's go down to temperature section. Hmm. The temperature behavior provides a useful metric to distinguish atmospheric layers. In this way, Earth's atmosphere can be divided into five main layers. Troposphere, stratosphere, mesosphere, thermosphere, and exosphere. The altitudes of the five layers are as followed. Uh, Let's do miles here. Exosphere Exosphere is the highest. Okay, that's what I thought. It's it's big. 440 to 6,200 miles. The thermosphere is only 50 to 440 miles. Mesosphere, 31 to 50 miles. So that's pretty small. Stratosphere, 7 to 31 miles. And then the troposphere, 0 to 7 miles. Is the atmosphere right outside of that, or is the atmosphere the beginning? Because you know how they say, like, oh, he... L- the beginning. The beginning. The atmosphere of Earth, commonly known as air, is so the layer okay, of so gases retained by Earth's gravity. That's layer one. Yeah, ready, layer ready one. Ready layer one. Is ready layer one. <sighs> and then you breathe in the Earth's atmosphere. Um, the atmosphere of Earth protects life on Earth by creating pressure, allowing for liquid water to exist on the Earth's surface absorbing ultraviolet solar radiation, warming the surface through heat retention, and reducing temperature extremes between day and night. Pretty beautiful. It is pretty mind-blowing that we exist and that Earth exists. Because, I mean, we can all do amazing things with a little bit of pressure. I've... Yeah, we need the pressure. Right. Evidently. Yeah. But you know, I've seen these other planets, and they're not looking so healthy. No, they're not. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta re, uh, 
need an outreach program for a different for Mars mm, for even further than that. Get on it. <laughs> Do you think we live on the moon first, or try to go in some like spaceship? This is interesting. I've listened to podcasts about the. What do you mean, go to some spaceship? Meaning, like when we have to exit Earth, and we will have to exit Earth. We will have. Will to we exit Earth. like eventually move? Try to live in like the Moon or Mars, I'm or do you Mars. think like a very high elite level of like people with enough money to like have the funds to have a ship go on for another fifty to seven to hundred years uh, or something? Uh, but they gotta get somewhere. I guess if you have enough water on the ship, you can recirculate it and clean it and just keep peeing and drinking. I was just told by a friend of a friend who is a friend of a pilot. I hope that friend is wikipedia.org. And they suggest to not order coffee on an airplane because it's water that's being like reused. It's not like clean. I always order coffee on an airplane i've only done it once but oh, now never again yeah sometimes i like to just live no ignorantly yes but that we can't do that in a world of wikipedia oh man but this was a friend of a friend of a friend of a pilot yeah well i don't know i that sounds like a game of telephone at that point well, but they're, t- they're they're suggesting don't get get your water in a plastic bottle that's all Okay, so here's the temperature. The division of the atmosphere into layers mostly by reference to temperatures discussed above. I, well, I didn't really get that, actually. Temperature decreases with altitude starting at sea level, but variations in this trend begin above 11 kilometers where the temperature stabilizes over a large vertical distance through the rest of the troposphere. In the stratosphere, starting above about 20 kilometers, the temperature increases with height. So then it starts getting hotter. Which makes sense. Heat rises, right? Wait, but (laughs) you said things are burning up because of the speed, but it's getting hotter in that area too. Right. Okay. I'm not contradicting myself. I'm just saying. (laughs) You're refusing to contradict. Yeah, I'm refusing to contradict myself. I'm (laughs) merely stating that it makes sense that there is a the level the the temperature i should say rises as we go up a little bit not to a burning level i think you're thinking of this incorrectly okay let's think about it you're saying because heat rises i'm saying because heat rises yes that makes sense but i'm saying when you mentioned an uh, an air a shuttle coming down yeah of why it's burning up yeah i i don't think it's because of that of those temperatures being on at a higher altitude it's because of the gravity because of how fast they're going down the speed Mm, we'll never know but (laughs) we will never know (laughs) we'll never know but i think the ozone layer protects the earth from the sun's immense heat oh yeah that's why it's hotter uh like further up Let's find the out. immense heat and the and the certain amount of rays, right? Yeah, you got to bring your sunglasses. I have to. In the stratosphere, starting above about twenty kilometers, the temperature increases with height due to heating within the ozone layer, caused by the capture of significant ultraviolet radiation from the sun by the dioxygen and ozone gas in this region. Oh, so it's like holding the heat. In that area, which does kind of explain 
why they you never see them burning up once they're in space right no burning up in space you gotta break through that layer the ozone layer i guess Still, another region of increasing temperature with altitude occurs at very high altitudes in the aptly named thermosphere above 90 kilometers. Okay, that's the atmosphere of Earth and the stratosphere and all the layers. Do you want to go somewhere else here, Jason? What else? What else is in there? Oh boy. Well, I mean, in, in let's let's uh, let's stay grounded. Uh huh. And let's try to what's in the our le- our level? Do they have the a little ev- bit? Do you want to know about the evolution of Earth's atmosphere? Yeah, it wasn't all just. I bet. I bet it wasn't five layers all the time, right? The earliest atmosphere, the first atmosphere, consisted of gases in the solar nebula, primarily hydrogen. There were probably simple hydrides such as those now found in the gas giants, Jupiter and Saturn. Oh, we all know them as the gas giants. We know them, but what's what's nebula again? Like, what is nebula? I only know the it solar from... solar nebula? Yeah, like, I only know it as, like, a space term, and then I believe it's a character in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, so the solar nebula, when I clicked on it, it took me to formation of the planets. Is that still under nebula? Well, that's where Wikipedia took me, and I don't question Daddy Wikipedia. But what's the title? Formation of the Planets. Formation of the Planets. Under okay. the same article, though, I believe. So nebula... Me- I'm not entirely sure what nebula is. We'd need to find out. We don't need to. I would like to find out. I All no right, well, we found out nothing about the earliest atmosphere, and we're on Formation of the Planets. The various planets are thought to have formed from the solar nebula, the disc-shaped cloud of gas and dust left over from the sun's formation. So the sun formed, then there was the little nebula, and I think that's why we rotate around the sun, maybe? So maybe nebula is like post... star Because it's after a star blows up, correct? Well, let's keep reading. Okay. Uh, the currently accepted method by which the plan is formed is accretion in which the planets began as dust grains in orbit around the center protostar. Through direct contact and self-organization, these grains formed into clumps up to 200 meters, 660 feet in diameter, which in turn collided to form larger bodies. These gradually increased through further collisions, growing at the rate of centimeters per year over the course of the next few million years. That is mind-blowing that the Earth just started as like a, a bunch of specks and it just keeps spinning and spinning and crashing into each other. And then, you know, I mean, now we're here recording this stupid podcast based on that. Put, it, put us in a blender for another couple of million years. <laughs> yeah. See what else we can come up with. It's <laughs> basically what it did. When you think of uh, this in that big of a term, they're always talking about Speaking of Earth Day, like global warming and the save the planet, and it's kind of like, yeah, we're all going to die, and uh, this thing's just going to keep moving, yes. and there will be someone else, some alien life form recording a podcast millions of years from now. <laughs> they could, you might, they might have like a wiki you reboot, they might like get, they might listen 
to I hope so. to our podcast. We got to put it on a golden record and shoot it into space. And then they're going to see they're going to hear it and they're going to be like, "Whoa, we got to reboot it. Let's get <laughs> let's get the best the best of the best aliens." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them that can kind of read and one that can kind of pay attention. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of both, uh, the best of both worlds, you know? Okay, is there anything else that we should go to here, Jason, or do you want to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. It's always, We're in college, so it's always good to wrap it up. Okay, we've heard that before. All right, so then that's it. That's the episode. That's wonderful. Can I, um, let's see, what are my my final thoughts? I'm going to springer you. Oh, what's that mean? <laughs> You don't remember Jerry Springer? He would give you your remember. final thought at the end. Oh, when would he like sit in the audience? When no, he gave it would it? be. It, I can tell it was like taped after or before. You know, mm. like just by himself. But anyways, he would just take it uh, into a serious tone or whatever craziness. Just after like, all that. the chairs had right. flown and Steve came out and had to hold people back. So, okay, so what's the final thought here, Jason? Look, the final thought for today is we got to stay learning. And stay burning. My final thought is we got to figure out where to get some weather balloons and start floating stuff into the air and see what happens. Well, I'll tell you what, if we do and we go up, don't hold your breath because we won't survive. It won't matter if we hold our breath or not. Oh. At some point, right? At some point. It's too hot to breathe up there. Or too cold. Ooh. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm all wrapped up, guys. Thank you guys for joining us once again on Wiki University friendly reminder to please rate and review us on apple podcast and or spotify uh and also just tell a friend if you've enjoyed this episode we'll see you next time and follow us on instagram at wiki university or on tiktok at wiki university bye konnichiwa or that that's a good hello i think so <laughs>